Come on, put your hands together. Let's receive Pastor Keith. say it's not a feeling thing. Many times we have to fight past our feeling to get to worship. If we can be honest with ourselves, there's sometimes where we don't feel like it. But tell your neighbor, I will bless the Lord at all times. Hallelujah. Let that be our declaration this morning. If you can, go, go with me and take up your Bibles. I want to go to Genesis chapter 29 to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. I know with the time shift, it threw a lot of people off, it threw my house off, but praise the Lord that you're in the house of the Lord. Genesis chapter 29, we're going to look at verses 9 through 12, and then I also want you to put your finger at Genesis chapter 28, I know we're going backwards y'all, but I want to look at Genesis chapter 29 first, and we're going to go right to the previous chapter. Look at Genesis 28, 1 through 12. Genesis chapter 29, verse 9 through 12 declares, Then Isaac called Jacob, no, I'm sorry. Now while he was speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, but she was a shepherdess. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban 
and his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel. Somebody say kiss Rachel. And lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative and that he was Rebekah's son. So she ran and told her father. So we find in the text that Jacob found the love of his life. Somebody say the love of his life. But let's see how, how did this transpire. I believe we can find that in Genesis chapter 28. Look at verses 1 through 2 for me. The Bible says, Then Isaac told Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise and go to Padam Aram, the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take for yourself a wife from there of the daughters of Laban your mother's brother. As you take your seat, tell your neighbor, we're going to talk about pursuing relationships. Pursuing relationships. I've been on this series called Relationship Goals. We started on last week. I want to continue this series on this morning talking about pursuing relationships. Here's one of the things I want you to know. The manifestation of one's desires always necessitates Directions. Somebody say directions. You can have a desire, but if you don't have any directions, that desire will never be manifested. Because where there is no direction, you will always pursue in vain. When God plants desires in our hearts, tell your neighbor, I need directions. I, I, I need directions. They're not just going to manifest out of anywhere. And it's no different in our pursuit of relationships. Our pursuit must be directed. And notice this, as I mentioned last week, they must be divinely directed. And as a way of quick recap, we learned last week that before we pursue relationships, there are some precursors to relationships. Somebody say precursors. And I said that word means substance. If I, if I want to have a relationship with substance, I have to have some divine substance. And here's one thing that I forgot to mention uh, as I give you a quick recap. It, it, it requires that they walk with God. Somebody say walk with God. All right? But because God, I missed that, y'all, y'all need to ho holler at somebody that walk with God, all right? Because uh, in a consistent walk with God, if they don't have a consistent walk with God, they'll never be consistent in their relationship with you. Y'all, did y'all hear what I just said? I, I need to talk with people. I need to get to know people that have a consistent walk with God because if they're not consistent with God, they will not be consistent with me. Tell your neighbor they got to walk with God. And y'all know people can talk about God but not really walk with God. I need some folks that's walking with God. And hear this, relationships require that we wait on God. I tell you, neighbor, you got to wait on God. All right, we don't want to pursue relationships prematurely. And notice this, here's the good news. Relationships are the will of God. God desires for us to be in relationships. And somebody asked me on last week, um, what if God does not desire... What if I don't have a desire to be married? Tell your neighbor, you still need to be in relationships. Right? We need to be amongst the fellowship of other believers. The, the Bible says that it's not good that man be alone. I need to be connected with a community of believers. Somebody say a community of believers. And, and not only that, relationships are for our welfare. Somebody say well-being. I said if you're just waiting on him and hoping that he'll stop beating you, that's not beneficial for you. It should be for my welfare. I should be doing well, and they should be treating me well in my relationships. And here's the last thing I said. Relationships require work. Somebody say work. 
All right, so uh, you'll never be well in a relationship, and relationships that don't have two people working in them will not work. All right, these are the precursors that lay the groundwork for our pursuit of relationships. And notice this, this is just good for any kind of relationship you're trying to enter into. In, in friendships, I need some folk that's walking with God. I got enough folk that I talk to on a day-to-day -day basis that's not walking with God. So if I'm going to enter into a friendship with you, you need to at least be walking with God. This is good even for many of y'all are, are having some professional endeavors with folk. You know you don't need to connect with everybody. All right? So this lays the groundwork for my relationships in my life. And, and yet I believe despite these precursors, many still succumb to the frustration, and watch this, failure in their pursuit of relationships. Somebody asked me why. Because many have a genuine desire to be in a relationship, but yet find great difficulty in how to start to secure those relationships. Somebody say direction. It's one thing to have a desire, but where do I start? And a lot of people struggle with those questions, and many wrestle with questions like, Am I limited to finding them in the church, or is a social setting acceptable? Y'all may not have that question, but some folk had that question. Should I pursue them, or should I allow them to pursue me? People wrestle with those questions, or even more, how do I know they are the one? Many people wrestle with those questions, and they don't know where to start. Tell your neighbor if there's a pursuit to relationships. There's this pursuit. And whenever we fail to find the appropriate direction for these questions, what began as genuine desires, watch this, will eventually die. We give up on our pursuit. Because I don't have any direction about how to pursue this relationship, people get frustrated. And when they find failure, when I, when I tried to talk to somebody and it did not work out, many times my desires die. Tell your neighbor, don't let your desires die. So don't, don't let your desires die. This is why Proverbs 13, 12 declares, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And this is why the devil is not so much concerned with your desires as long as you don't have divine direction. God, the, the, the enemy is not concerned about your desire to enter into ministry as long as you ain't got no direction. He's not concerned about you having children. He's not concerned about your desire for the business. He's not so much concerned about your desire to be in a holy matrimony as long as you don't have directions. Tell your neighbor, I need directions. So, so the enemy, watch this, he will always attempt to distort, delay, or even deny your pursuit altogether. And, that, and, and, and this is where we find Jacob in our text this morning in pursuit of a relationship. I believe we can grant, gain great wisdom from Jacob's pursuit. Watch this so that we can avoid frustration, that we can avoid failure in our pursuit so that we might find the fruit of our pursuit for divine relationships. Let's, let's look at the text, y'all. I, I want us to glean some wisdom this morning. Let's look at our, and, I, and I'm going to be pulling from Genesis chapter 28. We find that Jacob finds Rachel in Genesis chapter 29, but his pursuit begins in Genesis chapter 28. Let's look at verse 1a. It says, Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, I want to stop right there. It's one thing to receive the wrong counsel in your pursuit of relationships, but it's a whole other thing to reject counsel altogether. Tell your neighbor I got to be open to counsel. I realize we live in a generation that nobody is open to counsel. I, I, it, it, because where there is no counsel, watch this, 
We receive, whenever we receive counsel, watch this, there's prudence. Somebody say wisdom. That's Proverbs 1.5. 1, 1, watch this, there's also peace. Somebody say peace. That's Psalm 55.14. And watch this, also protection. Somebody say Proverbs 11.14. And watch this, even more progression. That's Proverbs 15.22. All of that is found in counsel. I want y'all to catch what I'm saying. Tell your neighbor, be open to counsel. And many believers lose out on these benefits in our pursuit of relationships because they were not open to counsel. And hear this, especially when it's counsel from someone that's been on this journey or pursuit before us. Somebody say, why is counsel? I, I don't know why folk are not open to counsel in this generation. This dispensation of people, especially when somebody's already been on that pursuit. I need some counsel, y'all. I need some counsel. I don't know about y'all tell you, neighbor, I need counsel. And, and watch this. Some of us need to stop listening to just willing counsel. What, what am I mean? Listening to anyone who is just willing to give counsel. No, I need wise counsel. Everybody got something to say about relationships. Everybody got a relationship conference. And I know you love talking about relationships. I know you got all the flyers and the banners. But I don't, I don't just want willing counsel. I need wise counsel. Somebody say wise counsel. All right, consider the one in our text that offers Jacob counsel. It was Isaac who knew the power of counsel and therefore, watch this, could provide wise counsel. How do I know? Because it was a, as a result of counsel that Isaac found his wife. So consider the words of Isaac's father and Abraham in Genesis 24, 3 through 4. I believe it's on our screen. Notice this. The Bible says, I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven. This is Isaac speaking to Jacob and the God of earth that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of Canaanites among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son, Isaac. Somebody say wise counsel. And watch this in verses 62 through 64 of Genesis 24 reveals the manifestation of, of the wisdom of Abraham's counsel. Now, Isaac came from the way of Beer, Lehi, Rohi, for he dwelt in the south. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening, and he lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. Then Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel. You know, it, it's good news when a girl can see you and she know you the one, and she just jump off her camel. <laughs> that, that, that's good news to me. I don't know about y'all. And watch this. It was the counsel. And you notice this. You ain't got to put all, all that work when you receive wise counsel. That, that's good news. You, you trying to worry about what you going to say to her. You trying to worry about, well, what I'm going to wear, where I'm going to take her. Get some wise counsel. She just got off that camel, y'all. All right? So hear this. The right counsel, watch this, can keep you from running in circles. We, we've got too many folk running in circles, trying to figure out what to do, watching this YouTube video, watching this preacher. You need to sit down and get some wise counsel. I need some folk that, that, that's been on this journey before me. That's good news to me. All Isaac had to do was lift up his eyes. That, that means for some of us, watch this, delay concerning what God has promised us might just be as a result of the counsel or lack thereof that we receive. There's some stuff that God has laid up for us. There's some promises. And as soon as I tap into the right counsel, God will give it to me. Somebody say this right away. Now, now that, that's good news to me. We, and so, so we got to consider your counsel. Tell your neighbor, consider your counsel. No, notice this. It was Isaac's experience 
with the fruit of counsel that made him eligible to be a faithful counselor to Jacob. Therefore, the question we must ask ourselves in our pursuit of relationship, who has your ear? Right? Who, 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 who do you listen to? Right? And I've got to watch this. What's their experience with counsel? I want some folk that know counsel, that know how to counsel, and got some experience with counsel, right? Some of us, and watch this, some of us need to stop listening to just ourselves, right? Because you can't take yourself safely where you've never been. I, me, me, and my, me and my wife have a habit of finding people coming to us about counsel. And they just need counsel on all kind of areas. And we was talking to one young lady, and every time we gave her counsel, she was saying, yep, you're right, you're right, before I even gave her the counsel. That's somebody that's just listening to themselves. All right? We've got to learn how to listen. Y'all got to be quick to listen. All right? Especially when I'm sitting. Sometimes, you know, we just need to know how to hush. I, especially when, when I get around pastors and people that have been on this journey before, I don't say too much. I sit down and hush, right? Because there's something that I'm trying, that God is trying to deposit in me that can get me to my promise. I need, so I need the right counsel. And, and notice this, sometimes many of us don't have a model of what that relationship looks like that we're designed. Somebody say, I didn't have a model, all right? So I don't want to just take counsel from anybody. I want to wait until God, watch this, sends me the right counsel. <clears throat> In the right model. Amen? We, we've got to be open to counsel. Because watch this. Because those who are open to wise counsel are those who find themselves divinely pursuing relationships. Tell your neighbor, i got to be open to counsel. Now, now let's look at verse 1B and, and, and 2. It says, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Peter and Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take yourself a wife from there of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. Here's the second thing we got to do. One of the reasons why many people reject counsel is because they get caught up in their feelings. Somebody say flesh. When counsel presents itself, many times people get caught up in their flesh. What do I mean? When counsel tells us otherwise, we say she too fine to let go. Somebody say flesh. We say he make too much money to let go. Somebody say flesh. And they say all the right things I can't let go. Somebody say flesh. So, so my second thing is we've got um, to object what's carnal. Somebody say object what's carnal. All right, because our flesh will tell us something that counsel will not. And because wise counsel, watch this, wise counsel knows the difference between that which is carnal and that which is Christ-like. That's, that's why we need to get wise counsel, y'all. You can see something that looks good from the exterior, but it is really carnal. I don't want to get caught up in my flesh. Tell you, neighbor, don't get caught up in your flesh. You know it's a whole bunch of big churches that are carnal. It's a whole bunch of people in marriages that are carnal. I don't want to be exposed to something that's carnal. I need Christ-like. Tell you, neighbor, I need Christ-like. So in your pursuit of relationship, we have to object what's carnal. Watch this. This is why Isaac told Jacob this in verse 1b of our foundational text. You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Tell your neighbor, carnal people. It's not that the women from Canaan weren't fine. They just were full of their flesh. Did y'all hear what I just said? 
It's not that they, they were not fine. They were full of their flesh. And many times we just get caught, oh, girl, he's just so fine, but he's full of flesh. He, and I know we done dated some fine people that were full of flesh. Right? And when flesh is the only substance of your relationship, that relationship will always fail. Some of y'all still heartbroken over folk that's fine, but they were full of flesh. Ooh, he was so fine. She was so fine. She was full of flesh, too. That's why your relationship failed. Because how do I know? Because looks will always be defeated by age. Finances at some point will be depleted. And material things will eventually decrease in value. I'm not saying, watch this, that there's anything inherently wrong with these things. Because I heard R.A. Vernon say this. I don't know if y'all know R.A. Vernon. He a preacher. He says it don't matter if they love God if they don't look good. That, that, that's R.A. Vernon. But I say it's nice that you look good, but it's necessary that you love God. Be, be, because watch this. Because flesh does have a shelf life. Somebody say flesh has a shelf life. Because at some point, notice this, and I ain't got no shame in my game. Hair does shed. I got a little, I got a little, little spot back here, y'all. My, my, my wife's still with me. At some point, body parts do sag. And your drive, watch this, does slow down. It got a shelf life. Tell your neighbor it got a shelf life. I'm thank, I thank God my boo still love me. I, I need to get that LeBron James going on. Yeah. Because watch this. Watch this. Hear this. What's carnal might be a priority in relationships, but what's carnal cannot be why we pursue the relationship. Woo, did y'all catch that? That's good to me. All right? What's carnal might be a priority. If I might have some things. I need her to be a red bone. I need her hair to look like curly fries. I, I need that in my life. I, I need that in my life. That might be a priority, but watch this. If I pursue off of what's carnal, what I'm pursuing will fail. It, 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 I have to pursue for something else. Because watch this. I, whatever you pursue, watch this. You want it to be perpetual. Somebody say perpetual. That, that means ongoing or lasting. Because at some point, listen, I, I was out there trying to race with my brother-in-law them, and I just ain't got it no more. I, that's not telling you, but that's not perpetual. That's not perpetual. So, so, so I got to make sure that although this thing may have drawn me, her beauty, her looks, all of that may have drawn me, it's not going to last. So I want to pursue and object what's carnal because I want my relationship to be perpetual. And watch what Romans 8, 6 says. For, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The reason why some of our relationships have died is because we pursued that which was carnal. Tell your neighbor, I got to object to carnal. So if we want life in our relationships, we must object to carnal. So li listen, the first thing I said, you got to be open to wise counsel. I pray that God will send somebody, watch this, that has already gone before you. I I've been praying about that even for this church. God sent a pastor in my life that's already gone before me. And then I got to make sure that in my pursuit, that I, 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 I'm going to call you out, Rondell. In my T, Rondell said, 
Pastor, however big we get, don't just get some lights. Don't get no smoke in the church. Don't do all of that. Because people do that stuff to appease the people's flesh. I, and, and I will be pursuing stuff, and I may draw them in. Watch this. But it will not be perpetual. Because soon as the lights go out, soon as the smoke stops, the people leave. Because I was pursuing something that was carnal. I thank God y'all come for the word. Amen, because it's going to be perpetual. Now, let's, let's look at verse, uh, verses 9. Verse 9. And I'm looking at a Genesis 28 in totality, but I want to pull some things from the text. You can even reference um, verses 6 through 8. But verse 9 says, So Esau went to Ishmael and took Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebuchadnezzar, to be his wife in addition to the wives he had. Here's the other thing. Your pursuit is personal, right? So what gets many believers derailed in their pursuit of relationships is when they focus their attention on other people. Whatever I'm pursuing is always personal. This is good for anything, y'all. If you're pursuing um, a job, if you're pursuing something, a ministry endeavor that God has put on your life, a business opportunity, uh, tell your neighbor it's personal. And the reason why people get jacked up in their pursuit is because they focus their attention on somebody else. So, so here's the other thing. You've got to oppose competition. Right? You've got to oppose competition. What do I mean? Um, what, they lose faith when they somebody, see somebody else get engaged. Somebody say competition. They get frustrated when they see somebody else get married. Somebody say competition. They become fed up. When they see someone update their social media status to in a relationship, somebody say competition. I've got to oppose that. And watch this. And these feelings, watch this, breed competition. And watch this. Competition will always distract your attention from your pursuit. The reason why I can't get caught up in other folk is because it will distract me. And many times you may get there, but somebody say it's going to be delayed. It's going to be delayed. I don't want to delay. And watch this. Ooh, this is good news to me, y'all. When, when, when I met Serena, there was something that, 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 that if I would have missed her just for a few minutes because she was about to get off of work, y'all. And if I would have got caught up in something else, got distracted on where I was going, she was going to be off of work. I would have missed her. Oh, no. I, I don't. I, I, so what I'm saying some of us may not even delay it. We'll deny it, getting caught up in somebody else. Ooh, that's good news to me, y'all. All right? I'm not your competition. Tell your neighbor I'm not your competition. Because what God has for you really is for you. All right? And here's, here's the word of wisdom. All right? That means nobody can steal your man. Nobody can steal your girl. Nobody can steal your friend for that matter. So if somebody took them, they were never yours. Now, that's just good news to me, y'all. So that girl that cheated on me, oh, Lord, she won the one. All right? I, I love how in our foundational text, tuck in between Jacob's pursuit, it reveals how Esau took his own wife. Yet the text never details Jacob's response to the matter. I, never, I was like, God, why didn't you just tuck that thing in there? Consider how difficult this is, especially considering the fact and Esau was Jacob's brother. Because it's easy to become discontent concerning your pursuit when somebody publicizes, especially somebody close to you, 
how they've already achieved victory in their pursuit. I don't know about y'all. Y'all know how you look on social media. It was one time where I was doing this nonprofit ministry, and I told her, and I'm just, I'm praying for a van. I pray the Lord give me a van. And I saw some other brother that had just started his ministry get a van. And I'm like, I have put in all this work, Lord, and you done gave him a van, and I ain't got no van. I want a van, God. <laughs> but, but, but what I should have did was just hush my mouth. Because I had no clue that there was this church watching the work that I was doing. And they called me and say, we got a check for you for $10,000. And we want you to buy a van for your kids. So he got a used van. And I ain't going to tell you, my wife will tell you, that, that van was actually used in a robbery, y'all. Oh, I, I would have been driving my little boys, boys around. They would have pulled me over. Uh, no, they're not stealing. We're trying to help them stop stealing. Oh, Lord. And, and, uh, because watch this. Sometimes in your spirit, you just have to be like, I see you, but I don't need to say nothing because I have my own pursuit. Tell your neighbor I'm on my own pursuit. Because watch this. Many times what people praise publicly is not pretty in private. Many times people are praising stuff publicly and it's not pretty in private. You know the one that always posting about their relationship? It ain't pretty in private. How do I know? Notice the latter part of verse number nine. It says, in addition to the wives he had. So that means she was one of many. She had a piece of a man, and Esau probably had no peace in that home. Tell you, neighbor, it wasn't pretty. I, I, I'm trying to wrestle with one wife. She had a whole bunch of them. She had a whole bunch of them. I don't wrestle with you, boo. I. That means sometimes what people have is not what you want. We, we get so caught up because we see somebody else not knowing the details or the things underneath the surface. Ooh, I'm so glad that I didn't cover some things in addition to many wives. Because watch this, many times what you compete for is what you will ultimately covet. That, that, that means competition will not only slow you down in your pursuit of relationship, but competition can also lead you into sin. Somebody say in the, into sin. Why, how do I know? This is why Ephesians 5, 3 declares, for, but fornication and all uncleanliness and all, or covetedness, somebody say covet. Let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Competition is not fitting for the saints of God, and neither is it fitting for our pursuit of relationship. Therefore, we must oppose competition. Tell your neighbor, oppose competition. You ain't competing with nobody. Your, your pursuit is personal. I ain't going to get mad if you get that business. Mine is personal. I ain't going to get mad if your ministry start flourishing before mine. My pursuit is personal. I don't care if you get married before me. My pursuit is personal. Tell your neighbor, my pursuit is personal. So we got to make sure that we, we're open to counsel. We got to make sure we object that which is carnal. We got to make sure that we oppose competition. And now let's look at verse number 15. It says, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken to you. This is God speaking to Jacob. This is good news to me. The, the second thing, the, the fourth thing we got to do is obtain confirmation. Somebody say confirmation. What the Lord ordains, he also confirms. 
All right, I want y'all to hear that. That means God will never allow you to pursue in vain. That means it's vital as we pursue relationships that we're sensitive to God's validation of our pursuit. Somebody say confirmation. I, I, I need God to confirm some things in this journey. This is why folk is around here pastoring, telling, telling people that God has called them and it's still their wife and their kids. There's no confirmation. Tell your neighbor, I need confirmation. All right? So, no, no, notice this. Notice what the Lord tells Jacob in verse 15 of our foundational text, even prior to him arriving at his destination. He, he ain't even met Rachel yet. But the Bible says, behold, I'm with you. And we'll keep you wherever you go and we'll bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken to you. So watch this. The Lord confirms his presence. Somebody say presence. He says, behold, I'm with you. And notice this. The Lord confirms his provision. Somebody say provision. He says, and we'll keep you wherever you go. And then the Lord confirms his providence. Somebody say providence. And he says, I will bring you back to this land. And then he confirms even in just this one verse, he confirms his proclamation. Somebody say proclamation. He says, for I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken to you. The problem with too many believers is we connect with certain people before we allow the Lord to confirm the connection. <laughs> if I would have just knew God, if I would have just listened for your confirmation, I would have never connected. And many of us connect before God confirms. I need God. I need you because watch this. The Bible says his confirmation lets us know that he's with us in the journey. His confirmation lets us know that he's going to provide some level of provision in the journey. And then the Bible says his providence, that means he's going to protect me while I'm connected. And then he says, I'll, have, I'll be able to see the manifestation of his proclamation in the journey. All if we could have just waited on confirmation. Me and my wife are not where we want to be, but I received confirmation that she's who you is. She, she is who God said she was. Somebody say confirmation. I need that. I need that. Because listen, when you get in arguments and relationships, you got to remember the confirmation. Right? Because you'll, you'll, you'll throw something out, but God says just hold on because I'm going to provide for you even in the midst of this argument. Somebody say, I need confirmation. And I need that confirmation. And, and so, therefore, as we pursue relationships, we must always recognize God's presence before we desire, watch this, another's presence. In other words, we need to stop chasing people that God ain't chasing. I, I want to chase people that God is chasing. God calls me to know that while I'm pursuing them, I know y'all going on dates. I know y'all been talking. I know y'all been on the phone. But God, I need to know while I'm on the phone is your presence with me. God, God while I'm on this date, can I see a semblance of your presence with me? Because if I don't see that presence, you better, you better you know, eat that popcorn and run. Eat that popcorn and run. Because I want to chase people that the Lord is chasing. And watch this. If God ain't interested in them, neither should you. Because it's the Lord's presence that confirms our pursuit. Is watch this of him and with him and that our relationship, watch this, will ultimately be in him. Ooh, I need confirmation, y'all. Our declaration must be like Moses in Exodus 33, 15. Then Moses said to him, if yourself does not go with us, do not have us leave this place. Every place, every position, and every person that we connect with requires the Lord's confirmation. 
that the Lord will always confirm our pursuit. Listen, I know you like the Christmas. I know, I know they talk game good. I know, I know all of that. All right, but but most of all, you've got to be like Moses. Don't leave this place of singleness. Don't leave this place of being um um where you're connected with just some other folk before you connect with them until God confirms that. I need confirmation, y'all. I done dated some girls that look good, but God ain't confirming. I done dated some girls that had it going on, but God ain't confirming. I ain't even talked to the girl. I saw her through Wendy, the drive-through at Wendy's, and God confirmed that thing. All right? Every divine desire that the Lord gives us requires divine direction. I tell you, neighbor, I still need direction. As soon as God, watch this, this is for anything. As soon as God places a desire in your heart, tell the Lord immediately, God, now give me direction. Give me, give me, give me direction, God. I don't want to do this thing on my own because many times people get desires and they run based on their own direction. All right? This is why folk can get a call to preach today because directions you receive dictate your pursuit. As we pursue relationships, we got to be open to wise counsel. We must object that which is carnal. We must oppose competition, and we must obtain the Lord's confirmation. Yet here, I believe there's even a greater wisdom that we can glean from our text as it pertains to our pursuit of relationships. Consider what Jacob declares at the end of Genesis 28. This is verses 22 through 20, 20 through 22. And right before the Lord allows him to encounter Rachel, this is what Jacob said. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I may come back to my father's house in peace, the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I've set as a pillar shall be, the God, be God's house. And all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. This is Jacob's vow. And Jacob's pursuit, watch this, he affirms his ongoing commitment. Somebody say ongoing commitment. Why, why is this significant? Because many times in our pursuit of relationships, people stop pursuing the one who initially pursued them. Somebody say the Lord. We make idols out of our pursuit or the people that we're pursuing. Somebody say don't make them an idol. Have y'all ever saw anybody that started in the church and as soon as they get a relationship, you don't see them in the church no more? They get ghosts. They, 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 like the old folks say, nose wide open. Because they made that person an idol. Don't make me an idol. Tell your neighbor, don't make me an idol. Because your pursuit can become an idol. And if you allow your pursuit to become an idol, that's a sign, watch this, that you will eventually connect with will become an idol as well. Many people get so caught up and trying to find a man, trying to find a girl, that they make their pursuit an idol, and God is left on the side. I've got to tell God that they, even though I'm on this pursuit, God, you're still my priority. God, although I desire this so bad, and I know even the word declares, don't burn in lust, get married, and I'm so much in lust, but I'm going to make you my priority. I'm going to give you an ongoing commitment, God. Nobody is going to come before you. Because in our pursuit of a relationship, the Lord must be our priority. Somebody say, an ongoing commitment. Because if you place an idol before him, watch this. He will always cause that idol to fall. 
So you may get that girl, you may get that man, but make them an idol. God will cause that person to tell your neighbor, don't make me fall. We, we need to pursue relationships with the right and divine direction. We need to pursue them and make sure that we realize that there's somebody that's going through something. I got to be open to that girl. I know she's fine, but I don't want somebody that's fine and full of flesh. So I got to object, which is carnal. I, I, I'm not going to get caught up in anybody else's pursuit because my pursuit is personal. So I got to oppose competition. I got to make sure that even as I oppose competition, that, that I've got to also seek the Lord's confidence. God, don't let me pursue that girl. I got to make this thing an ongoing thing. Tell the Lord, I love you. I love you. Stand to our feet. Father, many of us are chasing things. Many of us, God, are pursuing anything. God, this ain't just about a relationship, God, but somebody declare, I need there's somebody wrestling with direction this morning. God, and we pray for them now. God, cause them to have divine direction. Not direction that is of their own, God. Cause us not to go by our own feeble wisdom. But God, we need your wisdom in this journey. Help us, God. Whatever it may be, God. If it's, if it's a job, if it's a business endeavor, God. God, if it's a relationship, God. God, whatever it may be, God. God, we need that. Help us, God, to always be open to you. Help us, God, to not get caught up in that which is not. Help us, God, to not get caught up in competition. God, help us, God, to stay on the right path. Help us, God, to always have an ongoing relationship with you. God, because if we make anything an idol, it will cause it to fall. We love you. And every heart that believes and every heart that's in pursuit, Give God a hand clap for her. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There may be somebody this morning saying, I'm pursuing things, but I've not pursued the Lord. I'm pursuing things, but I have not yet pursued the Lord. We need to be in relationship with God. The main thing that we should be pursuing is him. Somebody say him. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, I want you to come now. Saying, I want to give my life to Christ now. I want to make the greatest commitment that I could ever make. Because when we get our life in order, then everything else falls into place. And it begins with a relationship with Him. So if that's you and you said, I never gave my life to Christ. I never pursued Him, but I feel His tugging this morning. I want you to come to the front. Good morning to give your life to Christ. not be you. You may be saying, I've been looking for a church home. I've been pursuing a church home. I just haven't found it yet. But today was my confirmation. This is a place that I need to be. I love to be your pastor. I love to be your church. If that's you, I want you to come now. I love to be your church family. I need a church home. Lord brought confirmation. Father, this 